Welcome to the podcast for Epworth United Methodist Church in Berkeley, California. I'm Pastor Kristen Stone King. Our mission at Epworth is to live out God's love for all. We strengthen our faith as we worship, study, develop a creative, supportive community, and serve others. Together, we encourage each other, challenge each other, and welcome all people on their journey of faith. We are a reconciling congregation, meaning that persons of all sexual orientations and gender identities are welcomed to help transform our church and our world into the full expression of Christ's inclusive love. We are a sanctuary church, advocating for the rights and dignity of immigrants, and we stand in solidarity with the movement for Black Lives. Our podcast blends a taste of the music that we experience here in worship on Sunday mornings, along with a scripture reading and a message. Let it go, my love, my truest. Let it sail on silver wings. Lies a twinkling, that's for certain. But it's such a fine thing. There's a gathering of spirits 
There's a festival of friends And we'll take up where we left off When we all meet again Let us praise God's steadfastness in silence and in song. Our God, constant and kind, is worthy of our contemplation. Our God is worthy of our celebration. Let us worship. I can't explain it. I couldn't if I tried. How the only things we carry are the things we hold inside Like a day in the open Like the love we won't forget Like the laughter that we started and it hasn't died down yet Let it go, my love, my truest Let it sail on silver wings Life's a twinkling, that's for certain But it's such a fine thing There's a gathering of spirits There's a festival of friends And we'll take up where we left off When we all meet again I'm Judy Cayo, member of Epworth, and I'll be reading the scripture from uh, Paul's letter to the Ephesians, chapter 3, verses 14 through 21. For this reason, I bow my knees before God, from whom every family in heaven and on earth takes its name. I pray that, according to the riches of God's glory, she may grant that you may be strengthened in your inner being with power through the Spirit, and that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, as you are being rooted and grounded in love. I pray that you may have the power to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, so that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to the one who by the power at work within us is able to accomplish abundantly far more than all we can ask or imagine. To God be glory in the church and in Jesus Christ to all generations forever and ever. Amen. You who dwell in the shelter of the Lord, who abide in God's shadow for life, say to the Lord, my refuge, my rock in whom trust and God will raise you up and eagle's wings bear you on the breath of dawn make you to shine like the sun and hold you in the palm of God's hand the snare of Eagle's wings bear you 
not come, and God will raise you up on eagle's wings, bear you on the breath of dawn, make you to shine like the sun, and hold you pray with me, please. Gracious and loving God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Well, I'm so excited that you are going to have the opportunity to hear from my friend and colleague, the Reverend Debbie Weatherspoon next week as she opens a month of fantastic guest preachers. After, after Reverend Weatherspoon, you'll hear from our former intern, Akesa Fakava, who has completed her Master's of Divinity at Claremont School of Theology. Um, she'll return to the pulpit next week. And then um, following Akesa, we'll have the rich blessing of hearing our own Dr. Randall Miller, uh, share a message. Um, and then the August series concludes with Reverend Angela Brown, who is currently uh, serving as the chair for our Order of Deacons, and she's serving as the, the mission lead in the city of San Francisco. She also serves on the United Methodist Judicial Council. So an amazing lineup. I'm so grateful that you have the opportunity to hear their voices um, and to get a sense of their, their very uh, varied and highly impactful careers. I know you'll be blessed by their faith, which shows through in the ways that each of them engages life and the challenges that we all face as a human and Christian community. Reverend Weatherspoon Debbie was here this week working with our staff uh, as we planned out how we're going to Observe Holy Communion next week here in the sanctuary after 17 months. Um, and so uh, we, were, we were here thinking about the logistics of that. I hope you'll be here if you're in town and feel comfortable with being present next week to come together in that moment of Holy Sacrament. And as, as Debbie and I talked uh, in my office before the staff meeting, she shared with me a story about Brandon Haynes, a young man from Louisiana. 
And though Brandon's mother had urged him to get vaccinated against COVID, he questioned whether that was safe. He told her he'd done his research. And tragically, just recently, Brandon did contract COVID and died shortly thereafter. As his mother stood by his bed, this son of hers, 46 years old, who was no longer breathing, she said she was angry. Not at Brandon so much, she said, but angry at the messages that would lead him in that direction. Angry that he was gone. Angry that there was something that could have been done to give him life. In this stage of our lingering pandemic, there are so many emotions to deal with, many of them conflicting, especially now that we're dealing with both new opportunities to connect and to the return of some restrictions. Milestones lived in the typical ways and time with family and friends has been lost in the last 17 months. Some of us have also lost loved ones and friends. Grief and anger are natural responses. And as we come to the end of this series, Emerge, we've, we've been asking the question of how to live again. How do we come into this new chapter and not just survive, but how are we renewed and transformed by what we've been through? How do we take flight? and soar on eagle's wings. I'm reminded of a poster that my eighth grade science teacher had on the wall. It it said, it's difficult to soar with eagles when you work with turkeys. (laughs) And when when I'd look at this this sign on the wall, I'd always just sit there and wonder, I wonder which one of the other teachers he doesn't like. It never occurred to me that he might have been referring to his eighth grade students. Some of our junior high teachers here in the sanctuary might be able to tell a story or two in the coffee hour. But the lingering realities um, and uh, the swirling emotions of COVID are like the turkeys that surround all of us now. Our scripture today from Ephesians begins with the interesting words, for this reason, for this reason. And from this opening, we're to understand that we're being given the answer to the words that, uh, pre- that preceded the words that you heard Judy read today. For this reason references the root reality for the guidance being offered throughout the book of Ephesians. So what is that root reality? The passage Judy read begins with uh, verse 14 in chapter 3. So we need to look back at at, uh, verse 1 in in chapter 3, maybe. And, and, And when we do that, what do we find? Another for this reason. So we have to go back further and look at uh, chapters 1 and 2 in the letter to the church at Ephesus. And there we see that the root reality is expressed in these truths. We are blessed. God chose us before creation to be holy 
and blameless in God's sight. God freely gives God's grace, and we are forgiven. And why, what, what do we have to do to get all, all of this goodness, to live in this blessing? Why do, why do we get this? Well, the first two chapters of Ephesians tells us it's because God wills it. God wants us to have these good gifts. And why is that? Because God is good and God is love. Beyond that, it's a mystery. We are blessed. God chose us before all was created to be blameless and holy in God's sight. Grace is God's free and good gift to us. We are forgiven. God is good and God is love. Let these messages sink in. Because the rest of the book of Ephesians rests on all of that. The rest of the book of Ephesians is for this reason, for this reason, for this reason. Those are the reasons. This is the ground of truth, the root reality that Christians are asked to live out of. This is the truth that you are constantly being called to live in, to embody and be renewed by. In this series, we've talked about the awkwardness and fear and uncomfortability we can experience as we emerge. We've explored the different kinds of reactions we have to the new opportunities to connect and celebrate and how important it is to just keep honoring each other where we are and offering love. And we've considered how to maintain the hard-won wisdom we've gained, staying vulnerable and empathetic in our hearts that place that, that comes from having gone through a trial, knowing that new challenges will come, but that we can keep getting up and that God and our community will always be lifting us up. And now we're at the point where we can take flight to live in the glory of God, to embrace all of these good gifts I just named. How wonderful is that? to live fully in the knowledge and the assurance that you're blessed, to act out of the confidence that you are forgiven, holy and blameless in God's sight, to let grace flow in and through you. And yet we often find this so hard to do. In the story I shared as I opened, Brandon Haynes' mother did find herself mired in anger and grief as she mourned her son lost to COVID. How could this have happened to her beloved son when it was preventable? She wondered. She asked God. But she didn't stay in anger long. Instead, she decided there was something that she could do to reflect that all God's children are forgiven, holy and blameless in God's sight. There was something that she could do to let grace flow in and through her. And so at Brandon's funeral, she had a vaccination clinic set up. All of Brandon's friends, many of whom 
held the same skeptical positions as Brandon about vaccinations were given the opportunity to be vaccinated in Brandon's honor. And in death, Brandon became life to many of his closest friends. Brandon's mother, Betty Antoine, offers us the key to living in God's good gifts for us. Instead of focusing on her own grief and anger, although she acknowledged it, she didn't pretend that it wasn't there. She took the focus off of herself and put it on others. She discerned what she wished someone had done for her and instead did that for others. This piece of self-awareness is the path to taking flight. And if we truly believe in God's love for us, we can shift focus away from our own pain to rest in God's mercy and grace, and then focus on what we can do to serve. This shift is life. In Christianity, we call this resurrection. There's been a lot of news these last few weeks about Blue Origin and Virgin Galactic. Have you, have you seen these reports? I'm sure you have. These companies uh, founded by global capitalists charging into space. It's captured a lot of people's attention and imaginations. And one writer from the news outlet Truth Out um, reported that the time the media has spent reporting on Blue Origin in just the last week equaled, almost equaled, the amount of time the media spent reporting on the climate crisis for all of 2020. Yes. While it's gotten a lot of hype, the space race has long been critiqued by activists and people of faith as a new colonialism, a conquest-fueled fever dream that deprioritizes the needs of Earth and the creatures on it. Blue Origin alone invested $10 billion in space travel. It's not surprising that some commentators have referenced original rapper Gil Scott Heron's 1969 spoken word piece, Whitey on the Moon, in the last month. Scott Heron wrote it in response to the first moon landing, observing to the bongo beat, the man just upped my rent last night because Whitey's on the moon. No hot water, no toilets, no lights, because Whitey's on the moon. I wonder why he's up in me, because Whitey's on the moon. As a human community, we can get confused and literal and think that taking flight means charging into space. Sometimes in an attempt to transcend our own needs and fears and concerns, we can look not just beyond our own needs, but beyond the needs of others, too, in pursuit of something. But that something is a distraction. That kind of transcendence is not the kind of transcendence I'm talking about here, nor the transcendence that the letter to the Ephesians points to. The way to tell the difference between true transcendence of our own egos and that which is just a distraction is to ask these questions. Do I feel my body relax? Does my mind come into present moment? Do I feel the flow of God's energy, the blessings of grace and mercy in my being? And does this state ultimately 
make me more aware of others and others' needs and how I can offer life and love to them? Or do I somehow feel more competitive, more impoverished, more critical and cynical, more judgmental of myself and others? One of the shows I've enjoyed watching in the past few years is a series called The Crown, which tells the story of Britain's multi-generational royal family, which has its own challenges and problems. And I'm reminded of uh, an episode where Prince Philip becomes enamored with the American astronauts who've just landed on the moon. And in the same episode, we also see that Philip has lost his own sense of purpose. He's angry and depressed. And the parallel story to Philip's obsession with the moon landing is his own spiritual crisis. In the midst of all of this, a new priest arrives and the new priest requests to use some of the empty buildings on the estate to set up a retreat, a retreat center for spiritual renewal. Philip is critical of the project, and when asked to meet the first group of retreatants, he sighs and refers to the retreat center as a con concentration camp for spiritual defectives. As the episode progresses, Philip also has the opportunity to meet the American astronauts, and he's so excited to meet these men, he can hardly stand it. But when he does have his private audience with them, he realizes they are just regular men, lucky to have extraordinary jobs, but with the same challenges as any other humans. He realizes that his focus on the space race as a way to transcend his own malaise has been a distraction, and the real path to transcendence was right in his own earthly backyard. He goes back to the retreat center called St. George's and begins to partner with the priest in providing a place of renewal and support for people who are experiencing the same frustration and aimlessness and depression he found himself in. He then champions St. George's as a place for people to, to discuss religious and secular issues. Philip himself goes on to give talks on the role of clergy and society, stressing the importance of being together of bringing together scientists and theologians to try to find common ground. In serving, he found his transcendence. The letter to the Ephesians is a recipe for taking flight, for transcendence. And the whole point of the passage we have for today is an entreaty to go beyond ourselves. We're asked to transcend the ways that our conventional and very human stuckness uh, can, can keep us bound and to open to the ways this can be alleviated by a refocus and openness to the God who was always calling us into union with God's self. God is calling us beyond our unhelpful patterns, beyond the demands of our egos that keep our focus on ourselves and our own needs. May we be fueled by the reality that we are blessed, that God chose us before all was created to be blameless and holy in God's sight.
May we know God's grace is God's free and good gift for us. We are forgiven by a good and loving God. And in these truths, in this root reality, may we experience our needs as met and look beyond ourselves to meet the needs of others. This is how we are renewed and transformed. And this is how we take flight. Amen. God of change and glory, God of time and space, when we fear the future, give to us your grace. In the midst of changing ways, give us still the grace to praise. Many gifts, one spirit, one love known in many ways. In our differences, blessing from diversity we praise. One giver, one Lord, one spirit, one word known in many ways. Hallowing our day. podcast for Epworth United Methodist Church in Berkeley, California. 
Wherever you're located, we'd love for you to take a next step in growing in faith in this community. Our online worship is at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings on Facebook, YouTube, and on our website at epworthberkeley.org. Or you can fill out an online Connect card at epworthberkeley.org backslash connect. Have a great week. Keep so busy praising my Jesus. Keep so busy praising my Jesus. Keep so busy praising my Jesus. Ain't got time to die. When I'm healing the sick, I'm praising my Jesus. When I'm healing the sick, I'm praising my Jesus. When I'm healing the sick, I'm praising my Jesus. Ain't got time to die. Cause it takes so all my time to praise my Jesus, all my time to praise my Lord, if I don't praise him, the rock's gonna cry out, glory and honor, glory and honor, ain't got time to die. Lord, keep so busy working for the kingdom. Keep so busy working for the kingdom. Keep so busy working for the kingdom. Ain't got time to die. Cause when I'm feeding the poor, when I'm feeding the poor, when I'm feeding the poor, working for the kingdom. Ain't got time to die. Cause it takes all my time to praise my Jesus. All my time to praise my Lord, if I don't praise him, the rock's gonna cry out, glory and honor, glory and honor, ain't got time to die. keep so busy serving my master, keep so busy serving my master, keep so busy serving my master. Glory and honor, glory and honor, thank God.